teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Election College, Episode 79. Dolly Madison, the nation's first first lady. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. So, Jason, uh, we're done with the elections. Like, we're, we're done. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so we got to talk about something else now, man. We've been talking so long about what in the world are we going to do when we come to now. And to be quite frank with you, Ben, I'm really excited about going back into history. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the closer we got to current day made us feel more like reality was setting in. And, you know, that can be scary for anybody. So unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to say it, the president's wife has a large impact on how elections go. And I mean that, you know, that sometimes it can help them. Sometimes it can hurt them. Sometimes it can be used as a maneuvering point. Other times they just do great work for the candidates. So we thought, Hey, why not talk about one of the, or maybe the most famous first lady, Dolly Madison, the wife of James Madison. Yeah. And besides we like to eat, and <laughs> I know that whenever I think of Dolly Madison, I think of, well, I was going to say baked goods, but they're not really baked goods. They're baked and packaged. And <laughs> you probably shouldn't be eating Dolly Madison yeah. baked goods. <laughs> but right. anyway, this, this is the real Dolly Payne Todd Madison, who was the wife of James Madison. And you all remember James Madison, right? You got Washington, Adams. Jefferson, Madison. So oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, that was pretty good. I don't think that I could do all the presidents. Could you, Ben? I know I couldn't. Definitely not. I'm positive of it. Yeah. So Dolly, she's got a very interesting history. Yeah, she uh, she was actually born back all the way in 1768. She was born as a Quaker, and in North Carolina. And the fact that she's a Quaker is kind of important in her story because of uh, some things that happened along the way, but we'll get there eventually. And she uh, she actually, we don't know a whole lot about her early, early life, but we know in 1769, uh, Dolly actually moved back to Virginia with her parents, of course, and uh, she was basically on their plantation. And she had a couple sisters and a few brothers and uh, life just kind of went along like it did in the the mid to late 1700s for a long time until, you know, the American Revolutionary War comes around and her dad frees all their slaves. Yeah. So that was a pretty big deal <laughs> considering they were in Virginia and they relied on agriculture. And during this time, the 
proportion of free blacks to the total population increased from less than 1% to 7.2%. And more than 30,000 African Americans were free. So there are a lot of slaves and free blacks at this time. Shortly thereafter, her dad said, hey, let's move to Philadelphia. Sounds like a nice town, right? Yeah, sure. So he goes into business and he is a starch merchant and it fails. (laughs) It sounds like a riveting career, a starch merchant. I don't know about you, but. (laughs) (laughs) So you can imagine. And oh my goodness, Ben, think about that. Here she's born in North Carolina. The family moves to Virginia. They quickly get up, move all of their possessions to Philadelphia. And then three years later, he's dead. So after Dolly's father dies, her mother uh, opens up a boarding house for a little while. She has it for about a year until she moves to Virginia to live with her daughter, Lucy. And by this point, Dolly was out of the household and everything. But the interesting thing is that Dolly's mother actually uh, moved in with her daughter, Lucy, and her new husband, George Step 2 Washington. And if you recognize the name George Washington, you know, that's that's, that'd be a good thing, first of all, if you recognize that name. <laughs> but uh, he was actually a nephew of George Washington. So essentially, Dolly Madison's brother-in-law was the nephew of George Washington. That's kind of a cool connection. Yeah, that sounds like a really distant relation. But then when you really think about it, huh. yeah, not that far. But that's a it's probably a fun family reunion. So in... 1790, up in Philadelphia, uh, Dolly marries John Todd, and Todd is a Quaker lawyer. He's one of the original Philadelphia lawyers, and they had two sons. They had John Payne. Uh, They called him Payne, and then William Temple. Now, the horrible thing is, is that just a couple of years later, and only three months after William was born, yellow fever breaks out in Philadelphia. And you had over 5,000 people die in Philadelphia in four months, including John Todd, her husband, and William. So at the age of 25, Dolly is a widow and she has pain to take care of. Yeah. And that's going to be a recurring theme in Dolly's life. Uh, being a widow and having to take care of pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll get there, of course. But uh, so a little while later, you know, they're not really exactly sure totally how everything happened, but one thing leads to another. You know how it is, right? You yeah. see a pretty girl, you see a handsome guy, hey, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hey, James Madison, we're up here in Philadelphia. It's the capital city. You're a representative. You represent Virginia. Hey, I spent some time in Virginia, too. You look nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, she actually was introduced to James Madison by... say it. Don't say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say Aaron Burr. (laughs) Oh, man. She uh, She was actually kind of taken aback. So Aaron Burr arranges a meeting between them. He's a senator at the time, not a murderous vice president. (laughs) And (laughs) he actually uh, gets him to set her up with them. And pretty quickly, like a year 
after the whole yellow fever thing takes away her husband and her son, she finds love and marries James Madison in September of 1794. But there's a problem. She's a Quaker. Yeah. And he's not. Yeah. So like, boom, she's out. Yeah. So she had previously been like, you know how, you know how old time Quakers were, right? And maybe I don't even know about Quakers now. Um, that's ignorance on my part, but they're very plain, you know, um, very not flashy. And this is all Dolly Madison, or I guess at this point, Dolly Madison has ever been yeah. used to is wearing plain clothing and being very mild and meek. And she gets kicked out of the Quakers, marries James Madison, and almost immediately is like, hey, fashion and stuff. And yeah. oh, also, I'm, a, I'm like a public thing now. Yeah. So they're in Philly uh, for about three years where Madison is doing his House of Representative thing. And in 1797, Madison is like, hey, I'm out. I'm out of politics. Let's go back to Montpelier, uh, which is my plantation in Virginia. And they just start living it up in Virginia, chilling yeah. out, doing doing whatever they need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a little while later, Thomas Jefferson comes along and becomes the third president of the United States. And he actually asked James Madison to become a secretary of state. We talked about all this back in, oh, I don't know, try like episode five or 10 or something in there. You'll find it eventually. Right. You'll listen ago. to them all if you haven't. Yeah. Google uh, yeah. Google <laughs> Just Google it. That's fine. <laughs> James Madison uh, says, yep, I'll be the secretary of state. Picks up Dolly, picks up Payne, picks up Anna, picks up their slaves and heads on up to Washington. Yeah. And think about that for just a moment. So Dolly grew up in a household where they freed their slaves, and now she's married to a guy who has slaves. Interesting. Yeah. So Dolly, she is all about being involved with doing stuff. I mean, Jefferson didn't have a first lady because his wife had passed away. So she was chipping in. Doing the, doing the deal, doing the first lady thing. And um, she actually worked with the architect for the White House, um, Benjamin Henry Latrobe, and to furnish the White House. And so she was really involved in the whole White House, Washington life before her husband became president. Yeah. She would accompany Thomas Jefferson around and... Um, you know, go and do things that first ladies do, like meeting with people and dignitaries and, and whatnot, even long before she was the first lady. And actually, before anyone was the first lady, as we'll come to find out here, most likely, uh, at least by name. Uh, in 1808, Thomas Jefferson is like, all right, guys, we talked about this, right? I'm ready to retire. And the Democratic Republican people are like, all right, how about James Madison? He's pretty cool. And we like his wife. So that's a that's a plus. <laughs> and Dolly is the first lady, the first official first lady from 1809 to 1817. And really like the fact that she was very good with people. She had a lot of social graces. She was very hospitable. She was always concerned about 
everyone else is being comfortable just really helps her husband become very incredibly popular. Of course, he had his own merits by being uh, by virtue of being the president, of course. But as we all know, not every president is popular. And Dolly was a big part of why he is remembered. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, too. I mean, Madison was quite a bit older than Dolly. And so just having that young approach to everything to life and she knew what it was like living a plain lifestyle and and so maybe she appreciated the fact uh that hey these nice things are are good to have and it's good to have art and speaking of art (laughs) she is really influential in keeping washington kind of pretty at a very dark time and that dark time was war in 1812 so you remember 1812, right? Yeah. And as we know, war is never really all that pretty. The United States declares war and we're going uh, pretty hard at it with England. And there's this force like coming towards Washington. Yeah. So the British here, they're coming again. <laughs> and they're, it's pretty well known that this is a pretty big deal, that they're going to do some damage And Dolly says, hey, guys, we need to make sure that this portrait, which we call now the Lansdowne uh, portrait of George Washington, that's actually bolted into the wall of of the White House, it needs to be taken out, preserved, and you need to do that stat right away to care. So she hurries off in Washington, out of Washington. Everybody else is leaving the city, and and the portrait is saved. Yeah, so things kind of settled down for a while after you know war, and after James Madison retires, after he is no longer the president, they head back down to Montpelier and uh, back down to Virginia, and things start going kind of sour within a few years for Dolly's son, Payne. Uh, He never really had a great career. He never had a job. And he actually went to debtor's prison up in Philadelphia. And like, this is a big deal. Like the president's essentially stepson, he treated him like a son, goes to prison for not paying his, his debts. So the Madisons sold off their land in Kentucky. They mortgaged half of Montpelier and they paid his debts for him. Yeah, and so just uh, several years after that, Madison dies. James Madison dies at their estate in 1836, and Dolly hangs around for about a year, and her niece, Anna Payne, moves in, and here comes Todd. He's back, and uh, he hangs around, and she's just dry of any funds. They're just not coming in, so... She organizes and copies her husband's papers, and Congress gives her $55,000 as payment for editing and publishing seven volumes of these papers. And some of those, you know, what are papers? Well, some of those are his notes, even from the Constitutional Convention in 1787. So in 1837, Dolly returns to Washington. And she says, hey, Todd, and this is a really bad decision, but she says, hey, Todd, 
take care of Mount Pogier, all right? Yeah, not her best decision, like Jason said, because uh, once Dolly had moved back up to Washington, pain was just a pain. Uh, that was bad. I'm sorry, everybody, that you had to hear that. But things didn't go well. Uh, he was unable to manage the plantation. Uh, he there's 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 evidence that he had problems with alcoholism and, you know, things that go along with alcoholism. And Dolly tried to raise money. She tried to sell the rest of the papers from James. She wanted to uh, sell the slave that she had still to Daniel Webster. And Daniel Webster was going to give him his freedom, but she couldn't get anybody to buy the papers. So she sells Montpelier. She sells the remaining slaves from there and she sells all of the furnishings. And you think then like, oh, okay, you sold Montpelier. You must be pretty well off. Nope. She just pays off all her debts. And yeah, things are, things aren't great for Dolly at the point at this point. Yeah. It's kind of interesting about, um, her slave, Paul Jennings, if you look into his life a, a bit here, he was the, the Madison's slave and he gets sold to somebody. And then um, Webster uh, buys him and gives him his freedom. And then Jennings effectively is working for Webster and Webster commissions Jennings to go bring Dolly Madison items, whatever she wanted. You know, if she needed something from Whole Foods, you know, she would bring, he would bring that here. So, uh, kind of interesting here. You had the former slave owner, the former slave owner's slave bringing her items. So just to, just to survive. So, uh, wow. What a, what a reversal of roles, but, uh, I would encourage everyone to look into the life of Paul Jennings. It's very fascinating to read about just the different experiences that he had. He was sold and moved away from his family, and then um, he was reunited with his family later on, uh, or um, several of his sons uh, later on. And just a an interesting uh, read that I strongly suggest you take. In 1848, uh, Congress actually finally agreed to buy the the rest of James Madison's papers from Dolly. She must have gotten them all sorted out. And there seems to be some discussion or disagreement on how much the amount was, but it was anywhere from twenty-two dollars to $25,000. And, um, you know, this helps Dolly kind of get through the rest of her life at that point because she kind of told Payne, Todd, Hey, stop it. I'm not giving you any more money. Yeah. So she really ends her life um, being coming a member of St. John's Episcopal Church in Washington, D.C. Um, members of the Madison and Payne families uh, attended there. And then she dies in 1849 at the age of 81. And she was originally buried in the Congressional Cemetery in Washington, but then later reinterred at Mount Pillier um, to be next to her husband, James. So Ben, have you ever wondered why her name is spelled D-O-L-L-E-Y? I, in fact, I have, and I found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people think that uh, originally Dolly may have been named after her aunt, 
Dorothea or Dorothy, and maybe Dolly's a nickname. But it actually turns out that Dolly was her official name. She wrote in 1841, I, Dolly P. Madison, and that's D-O-L-L-Y. But if you go back a little further, and, you know, it's kind of weird because spelling at the time was like, okay, well, we'll just, like, change it. It's no big deal. Yeah. But if you go back further, you see records that it went anywhere from D-O-L-L-Y to D-O-L-L-E-Y, but it was actually registered uh, upon birth as D-O-L-L-E-Y. How about that? So that's what everybody kind of collectively agreed on. Hey, we're going to make it D-O-L-L-E-Y. Yeah. But apparently she didn't even know how to spell her own name. Cause... No, she Because <laughs> in her will, it says I-D-O-L-L-Y. Uh, so go figure. Dolly Madison. Is that like how your name is actually Bartholomew, but you prefer to go by Jason? Yeah. Well, it's actually spelled Bartholomew, but pronounced Jason. Okay. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason, what's something you have going on that you want everybody to know about? Yeah. Hey, uh, for those of you who are interested in anything having to do with online marketing, a uh, buddy of mine uh, named Bob uh, and I have a podcast, and it's called Online Marketing Guys. You can find us over on iTunes. Really excited about this. Bob does a really good job of explaining some of his expertise in the video production world and taking that into social media. And, of course, my background more in the public relations aspect and then pairing it down to 2016 where we have social media so uh it's really cool to hear our different perspectives in my opinion and you can check us out again on itunes at online marketing guys and we're on twitter as well at mkt guys we'll put links to that in the show notes and i would encourage you to go out and support jason on his other podcast and uh also while you're you know on the internet however you're managing to do that support us in general election college yeah. uh we still love it when people go and leave us awesome reviews and ratings on itunes you can do that by going to electioncollege.com slash review and it'll take you right to itunes leave a review if you haven't left a review why not this week right i mean this is exactly. a good week for it we're getting we're getting lots of traction lots more downloads lots of people looking at us because they're curious about elections and how things are going so this is the time to make yourself famous in the form of an iTunes review. Go ahead. You'll you'll like it. You'll enjoy yourself. Yeah, you're going to feel awesome after you give us a review and click five stars, of course. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. So I think that's about all we have for this episode. We will see you next time. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.